Blog Talk Radio. For the next hour and a half, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. Send messages to the show on Twitter at goforitgan, G-O-F-O-R-I-T, G-A-N-T. Also, you can hit us up here on the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash PGN. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit, The Haves and the Have-Nots, Tyler Lepley. And Tyler actually played a little football in college, played football at Kutztown University, the same university that uh, Andre Reid went to, the great Andre Reid, Hall of Famer Andre Reid. So, we're going to talk to Tyler. Tyler's an Eagles fan, so we're going to get his thoughts on how he sees this Philadelphia Eagles in this upcoming NFL season. Also talk about the show. I mean, it's a very, very popular show. A lot of people are talking about the haves and the have-nots. So we're going to talk to Tyler about all those things. So make sure you stick around for Tyler Lepley. He should be joining us at about 10 after the hour. I want to start now in the National Football League. Well, actually, before we get there, I want to talk about Tony Stewart, um, and we all know the situation at this point. Um, Tony Stewart accidentally, at this point, we would call it accidentally, uh, killed Kevin Ward Jr., uh, hit him with his car on the racetrack out there, Sprint Cup Series, and um, he ultimately killed him. And it was, I mean, a sad story, by the way. I mean, Kevin Ward Jr., only 20 years old, his funeral was today. So, I mean, it's just an absolutely sad story. There's no getting around it. It's a sad story. It's a sad situation. And, you know, you you wonder at this point, now that, you know, he's made the decision, I think it's a pretty good decision. I think it's a wise decision at this point in time. He won't compete uh, at the Sprint Cup race in Michigan. I mean, I think that's a good idea, a very good idea. And, um, you know, I, I think he's – here's my opinion, and just based off – what I'm hearing, according to the prosecutor out there in Ontario, uh, New York, upstate New York, he's saying that the investigation won't be finished till in, in about two weeks. About two weeks. At this point, he doesn't. Uh, at this point, there's no criminal charges against Tony Stewart. At this point in time, they're still investigating. It's a fluid situation, so anything is possible at this point in time. But if I'm Tony Stewart, I, I think I'm, I'm laying low at this point in time. And I'm going to just lay low. I'm just going to uh, fall back, if you will, because I think, you know, obviously, you know, there's probably an emotional toll on him. But also, at this point in time, the wounds are kind of fresh. I mean, if you uh, listen to Kevin Ward Sr., as he told the Syracuse National yesterday, he obviously believes that this was purposely done. He obviously believes he was, this was purposely done. And the thing about it is this. I mean, you know, on one hand – 
if it was perfect, here's the here's the bottom line point with this whole thing. I, I think in a lot of ways, only person that truly knows what their intentions were, only person that truly knows that is Tony Stewart. He's the only person that truly knows his intentions on that particular night. I mean, you're hearing various stories. Maybe he tried to swerve and scare him a little bit. Maybe that was his, his motive. And, you know, so, or maybe he just didn't see him, which is another possibility. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it does look suspect. And Kevin Ward Sr. said it, you know, apparently, quote, apparently Tony Stewart was the only one driving out there who didn't see him in reference to seeing Kevin Ward Jr., his son. Only one, he said, that didn't see him. And the thing about it is, you know, obviously it wasn't probably a smart move on Kevin Ward Jr. to get out of the car. That probably was a mistake. Not probably at this point in time, we, we know it was a mistake. It was a mistake. But at the same time, you wonder, and, you know, these guys, in, in, you know, in athletics and in driving and things of that nature, maybe there was a level of rage. Who knows? I, I'm I'm just throwing out, you know, things out here. I'm just throwing things out there, seeing if it'll stick. I don't know. But I think at this point in time, I think at this point in time, it's wise, it's a wise move for Tony Stewart to really just take a step back. He'll take, he needs to take that step back. And I think in taking that step back, you know, see what happens with the investigation, see at some point, whether or not he gets cleared or whether or not he gets charged, which is always a possibility. There's always a possibility that he can get charged. Always that possibility. So this is, this is, a, this is a fluid situation. This is really a fluid situation at this point in time. really is. And, you know, with the possibilities of, of criminal charges, I think it's wise that Tony Stewart takes that step back. From at this point in time, and you know you get experts talking that there that the possibility still exists that charges could be made against Tony Stewart, whether it was purposely done or by accident. Charges still could go against Kevin. Uh, still could uh, happen to you know Kevin, not Kevin. Tony Stewart still could be charged. He still could be charged. Still could be charged. I'm reading here an article. Uh, CBS.com and reading an article about this and, 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 you know, going through this, Stewart is not in the clear, basically. He's basically not in the clear, and there's always the possibility that he could be charged with second-degree manslaughter, and that's basically recklessly caused the death of another person. I mean, that, that's, you could legitimately, legitimately argue that that was the case, legitimately. But, you know, it, it, I think it's it, – this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out because, you know, obviously Kevin Ward goes on to the track. So it, it's, you, you look at the video. The video, to me, if I'm just going off video, doesn't look good. doesn't look good. But at the same time, even looking at that video, I still have questions. You know what I mean? Whether or not this was purposely done, whether or not he was just trying to scare him. You, it, it, you just have, and I know there's different angles, there's another angle out there as well, but just looking off that initial angle, what we initially saw, 
It was a little suspect. I have to acknowledge it was a little suspect. It really was. It's going to be tough. It's, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's be a tough, I think this will be an interesting case because you wonder now if you, this is, you, you talk about, I mean, you have a situation with Jose Offerman recently when, you know, in a fight within sports, a baseball game, you know, with the bat and swinging the bat and things of that nature. So you bring up that, and I'm talking about in the world of sports, you wonder when does it cross the line and go over to criminal behavior? Because as articles I've read pointed out, you know, in a boxing ring, criminal behavior, obviously you can easily talk about criminal intent. I mean, even on a football field, guys, you know, doing certain things. You can talk about things that in the outside world would be criminal. So this is an interesting case. This is not a cut-and-dry type of situation and this is a situation I think it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I'm, one, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards him not getting charged. I'm leaning towards him not getting charged. That's just my best guess at this point in time, just based off of, of what's going on at this point in time. But, again, this is a process. This is a process. And if they're analyzing video to figure out whether or not he should be charged. It's going to be interesting. But I think at this point in time, Tony Stewart, he's been quiet. You know, he, he put out a statement, you know, initially. But at this point in time, he's been pretty much quiet. You haven't heard anything from Tony Stewart at this point in time. You haven't heard anything. You know, the only thing you got was pretty much his um, his statement. But it, it, it seems obvious after hearing Kevin Ward Sr. talk. I know there was an aunt that also uh, Facebook uh, said something on Facebook as well. In terms of the Ward family, it is in their opinion, I believe, that that Tony Stewart is guilty, of, is, is negligible, and you know that he may have purposely did it. Uh, you get the sense from the family's perspective that's the case. That's how they feel. I'm not sure that's the case, and I can't definitively say it's not it's the case. But I think it's going to be it, it, it's going to be interesting. It's just going to be interesting just based off of, of sports and, you know, where do you cross that line, uh, crossing the line and, and, and when it becomes criminal, that whole line, that whole situation. I think that part is going to be something that's going to be talked about, intent as well. I mean, all these things, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I hope, here's my hope, I, I hope that it wasn't purposely done. I hope... It was a mistake. I hope he didn't. I hope it was a case of him not seeing him. I, I just hope it's one of those things. But we won't know. We'll see how this story plays out. But at this point in time, Tony Stewart will not be racing this weekend, and I frankly think that's a good idea. And I frankly believe that he should sit it out until they figure out in terms of what will happen in terms of their criminal investigation, in terms of whether or not he will be charged or not. I think this is the wise move for Tony Stewart, just to keep a low profile. This is a smart idea. Keep the low profile right now. That's wise. That's smart. And take it from there. But I think it's a good idea for Tony to take that low profile at this point in time and just see what plays out in terms of whether or not he will get charged. We shall see. Switching gears now, Team USA. We all know what happened a few weeks ago with Paul George and his gruesome injury. I mean, that was that was that was awful. 
That was an awful injury, and, you know, it was, uh, it was awful. But anyway, DeMarcus Cousins, he injured his right knee today going for a loose ball during practice. Um, at this point in time, he will get an MRI. They said he did stick around and watch practice. He was walking around. Uh, according to Jerry Colangelo, he's hopeful that this is only a bruise or a slight sprain. But obviously, as Colangelo pointed out, we're not going to know until we see the MRI. And hopefully this is a situation where DeMarcus Cousins is not out for an extended period of time, not necessarily here with Team USA, but more so with his team, the Sacramento Kings. But you wonder if this was a serious injury. Let's just say it, and I hope it's not, and I don't think it is, but let's just say it's an ACL. Let's just say Cousins or an ACL or an MCL, and he's out for a period of time an extended period of time. At this point, would other guys start pulling away? Would other guys start saying, you know what, this isn't worth it? You know what, I'm not going to continue to go out here and risk my career, risk my livelihood by going out here and and, and playing in these games, these meaningless games, these games that mean absolutely positively nothing. I'm not going to keep doing it to myself. You wonder, are, are guys going to start pulling out if, let's just say, DeMarcus Cousins is seriously injured. And at this point, it seems like he won't, he'll be fine. It, it really well, It really does. Um, pretty much, you almost get the sense this is kind of a precautionary MRI at this point with the, with the hope, with the belief that it's really not a serious situation. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, means a lot to the Sacramento Kings. Probably the, he's their best player. He's the best player on their team. So he means a lot to that ball club. And I'm not saying the Sacramento Kings have, obviously they don't have championship aspirations. I don't even think they have playoff aspirations, to be honest with you. I mean, just based off their conference. I mean, if they were in the Eastern Conference, maybe we can talk about the Sacramento Kings as possibly going to the playoffs. But the Sacramento Kings are in the Western Conference. You need, based off what we saw, probably a minimum of 50 wins to get into the playoffs. You need 50. You need 50 to secure that eighth spot. That's what you need. You need 50. And Sacramento, because they play in the Western Conference, is going to have a hard time getting 50. Dallas have 49 wins. That's what it took for the Mavericks to get in. You got the, Sac- uh, the Phoenix Suns, 14 games over 500, 48 and 34, and they're on the outside looking in. So that tells you all you need to know about what you need to do in order to get into the playoffs in the Western Conference. So obviously the Sacramento Kings don't have playoff aspirations. They, they don't have championship aspirations. I guess they could talk playoffs because you've got to talk about something. But their chances of making the playoffs are, are, are pretty hard as well. I mean, you know, just based off what we see, at West, and even if you look at the standings of the eight teams that made the playoffs last year, none of these eight teams, just San Antonio, same team pretty much. They're coming back. OKC, pretty much same team. They're coming back. The Clippers, pretty much same team. They're coming back. Houston, they lose Chandler Parsons. They did sign Trevor Ariza. Maybe they'll take a hit. Maybe they won't. But virtually their superstars are intact. Their two main players, their two best players are there, Harden 
in Dwight Howard. You got Portland, still solid basketball team, pretty much the same team. Golden State, pretty much the same team. You know, Memphis, pretty much the same basketball team. They added, they lost on Mike Miller, but they added Vince Carter in the offseason. And Dallas, you know, Tyson Chandler's there. They're a better basketball team. Chandler Parsons there. So Dallas is a better basketball team. So I look at the Western Conference. I think the teams who are on the outside looking in may be the teams that will be there on the outside looking in next season. But obviously, you're going to have surprises. I mean, Phoenix was an absolute surprise. No one expected the Phoenix. We were talking about Phoenix Suns and Andrew Wiggins pretty much. Jabari Park. talking about them in terms of playoffs or anything. Not at all. We weren't talking about playoffs when it came to the Phoenix Suns. No one expected the Phoenix Suns to do what they did. No one expected 48 wins out of the Suns. People expected pretty much half of that, 24. You know what I mean? And the Suns came out of nowhere. So obviously a team is going to come out of somewhere. A team is going to come out of nowhere and be better than we all thought they would be. And who was that going to be? We'll see. Who's it going to be? Maybe Minnesota. No, not going to be Minnesota. Denver, possibly. With Gallinari coming back? Maybe. New Orleans. Anthony Davis, who's, who's really turned into a big-time player. Drew Holiday, if he can stay healthy. Could it be the Lakers? Kobe Bryant on his way back. Could it be them? I don't know. But obviously, there's going to be a surprise team. It always happens. It always happens in, in all sports, really. You always have that team that no one expected. No one expected to, to do anything. You always have those teams. You do. And that's just the nature of the sports. That's just the nature of the business. It is what it is. You're going to have that. But I, I think, again, obviously you wonder, going back to the, my original point, you wonder if DeMarcus Cousins is really hurt, if DeMarcus Cousins is, does suffer or has suffered a serious leg injury, you wonder if there will be a mass exodus, exodus if you will. You wonder if that will happen. We'll see. We shall see. But, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, hopefully DeMarcus Cousins is good. Hopefully it, it's a, a sprain of some sort or a bruise or something that's not serious or, or something that will prevent him from playing basketball for the Sacramento Kings. You hope. You hope that's the case. But we'll see. We'll see with DeMarcus Cousins. And speaking of the NBA, let's stay in the NBA. The schedule has been released for the National Basketball Association. And here's the thing. It, you know, an NBA schedule release is, is, is not the same as, say, you know, football because there's 82 basketball games. I mean, you look at some of the opening night games. You, you look at the Christmas. But other than that, you don't really look at much in terms of the NBA schedule. You might pay attention to various road trips that certain teams may have. But you're not really looking seriously at the NBA schedule the way you look at the NFL schedule. Other than, you know, again, Christmas. Christmas is pretty, pretty much that marquee day 
for the NBA. That's the marquee day, you know, where you, where you usually have the biggest and the brightest stars, the best teams. That's what you have on Christmas, the, be, the, the best, the best of the best. And the marquee game is usually 5 o'clock. That's the marquee game on Christmas. And guess who's going to be playing in that marquee game? You guessed it, LeBron James and the Cavaliers against the Miami Heat, LeBron going back to Miami. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. And, you know, that's, it's Christmas. But not only is Christmas, which you have the marquee games, but you also have LeBron James returning back to the scene of the crime, I guess, in some respect. Not necessarily, but turn, returning back to Miami. And going back to Miami, going back to the place that he brought two titles to, going back to the place that he left last season. That should be exciting. That definitely is going to be exciting. You know, you have other games on that day. You have a rematch of the Western Conference Finals on Christmas, uh, San Antonio, OKC, and you have Golden State and the Clippers. Uh, and those two teams hate each other. Those two teams don't like each other. So you have those two teams playing each other on Christmas. But it tips off with the Spurs and Mavericks, and we know the Dallas Mavericks took the Spurs seven games. And, you know, truth be told, at the end of the day, the Mavericks gave the Spurs their toughest series. The Mavericks did. The AFC, the Dallas Mavericks, gave the Spurs their toughest series. And, you know, depending on, when, you know, the situation with DeWan Blair, whether or not that happens, whether or not, you know, he gets suspended. If he doesn't get suspended, maybe it's a totally different situation. If DeWan Blair was healthy, Maybe it's a totally different situation. But the thing is this, is this. You look at it. You, you look at the whole NBA schedule, and you look at the Spurs and Mavericks, that should be fun. Dallas is going to be better. And then the nightcap opening night, you have Kobe Bryant, the return of Kobe Bryant. I mean, Kobe Bryant pretty much has missed, pretty much missed last season. I mean, played a few games, but he pretty much missed last season. But Kobe's going to be back. And you're interested to see how the Lakers will actually be next season. I don't believe in the Lakers. I I don't think they can get it done in the Western Conference. I think it's going to be too tough for them in the Western Conference. I mean, as I outlined, as I outlined and said, you need 49 to 50 wins as as we saw. You need that in order to get to the playoffs out west. That's what you need. So it's not hard. It's not easy. It's very hard. Very hard. And I I just looked at last season, if I look at the year before and what it took to get to the playoffs in the Western Conference, you need a 45 wins. That's That's a little step down. You need a 45. That's a step down. But the bottom line is this. You're probably going to need around, like I said, 50 wins, 49, 48, 50 wins to get to the playoffs. Can you see the Lakers doing that, even with Kobe back? I mean, they pretty much whiffed in this offseason. Who did the Lakers get? If anything, they lost. They lost Pau Gasol, their best player, one of their best players. Not their best player. We all know their best player when healthy is Kobe Bryant. But they lost Pau Gasol. That somebody out of the equation. So this team, the Lakers team, I don't, I, I don't see Kobe has to be Kobe. Kobe has to be Kobe in order for that to happen. And I don't know. 
if he can or if he will. Well, we shall see, and it should be interesting. When we come back, we're going to be joined by one of the stars of Tyler Perry's The Haves and the Have Not, excuse me, Tyler Lepley. You're listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you, you, you have a pedigree. <laughs> we see what you can do. We've seen it. <laughs> I would never bring my wife around, too. I yeah, just don't know what you're capable of. Come on, Come on, now. Come on, now. That's early. That's not Roxy. <laughs> That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- okay. Hey, what up? That. It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. You got it, brother. Have a go, man. And we're back. We're going to be joined by a guy right now, a lot of popularity with his show, the show that he's on right now the haves and the have-nots on own Oprah's network. I mean, everybody's talking about it. You know, I, I, I look around, and, you know, I, my wife is talking about it. She watches it, and occasionally, I have to admit, occasionally, I watch it as well, and it's a fairly good show. It, it's, not a, it's a good show. It's a very good show. And so, I mean, I, I love it. I watch it on a regular, with my wife on a fairly regular basis. We're, we're going to bring him in now. This guy's a big-time Eagles fan. Grew up in the Philadelphia area. Let's bring him in now. One of the stars of Tyler Perry's The Haves and the Have Nots, Tyler Lepley. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tyler. Yes, sir. How are we doing? How, How are, are you? Doing? doing well. So good. Thanks I'm for so joining. Good. I'm soaking up, this, soaking up this California sunshine. How you doing? Oh, it's great. You're a lucky man. You're a very lucky man. I wish I was you. <laughs> How, Let's you get right down. Good, man. Let's get right down to it. You're a Philly guy. You played at Kutztown yeah. University, same place that Andre yes, Reed played at. Yes. How I do you did. see your Eagles? How do you see your Eagles? We, you know, you know what? football. It's, um, it's, it's, in, it's interesting because obviously we're coming off of um, we're coming off Chip's rookie season, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, you know what? It, it, it's, it's interesting because I see them doing I see them doing really well. I mean, they went out there and and got what they needed to get during the draft, I think. Um, I'm really excited to see what Darren Sproles is going to do because obviously he's going to fit right into the system. And uh, man, I'm just excited because as long as I, th- I honestly think as long as Chip is there, then um, man, we got a shot to go the distance because his scheme is his scheme is hard to keep up with, and it's something that is uh, it's exciting to watch. I think we're going to. I think we. I don't want to sit here and say we're going to go the distance, but I mean, <laughs> man, don't be don't be surprised if you see us run deep in that second season come the playoffs. So let me ask you this. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, you know, your best yeah. wide receiver, 82 catches, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. Is that yeah. going to be replaceable? Well, 
mean, first, first of all, it's going to be hard anytime you try to replace someone like that. Um, first of all, as a fan of the game and as a fan of Deshaun Jackson, I'm sad to see Deshaun go. Uh, you're talking about um, one of the better receivers in the entire league. Um, I wish him nothing but the best over in Washington. Obviously, I'm sad to see him go to well, – I'm a little, a little ticked off to see him go to Washington. We'll have to see him twice a year. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that when the time is right. But uh, like I said, man, I'm excited to see. You know, the thing about Chip Kelly's offense is it's it's like a well-oiled machine. I feel like it's. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say he's going to be replaceable, but I mean, we got we got Jeremy Macklin back. Um, we went out and got what? We got we got Jordan Matthews from Vanderbilt. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna see what he does at wide receiver. And then we got another wide receiver too. We get someone from Oregon. Huff. Um, yeah, Joshua Huff. Huff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got Josh Huff. So we got a few cats to throw in the mix to try to replace him, but um, I'm happy that I'm happy that we're still within the system of Chip Kelly because that's going to be that's going to be huge as well. So trying to find a few. So it sounds like in Chip. It, it sounds like in Chip you trust pretty much. I do, yeah. I don't know if you're going to be able to go ahead and just replace Deshaun Jackson with one other player, but like you know, I trust in Chip Kelly's. You know, I trust him to use his expertise to try to find a couple different uh, pieces to move around. Try to well, like we said, it's only been one year with Chip Kelly. And yeah. if you remember, you're an Eagles fan, Ray Rhodes, during the Ray Rhodes era in the 90s. The first two seasons, the Eagles won 10 games under Ray Rhodes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it seems like Chip Kelly is a cut from a different cloth, but you never know. And there are some questions. Nick Foles is my next question to you. You believe in him. I mean, 27 touchdowns on two interceptions. That I was pretty say, much a perfect season. Exactly. You believe uh, in first Foles? Of all, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a realist. Like, I, I do, I do, um, I, I can put my trust in him. I do uh, put my trust in Nick Foles. I think he's going to get the job done. Um, but on the other hand, you know, he had a, he had a monster year last, last season. I mean, I think it's right. going to be pretty much hard for anyone to duplicate those type of numbers. Um, For sure, but you know you got to you got to be excited anytime someone can come back and build off of something like that with the same you know with the same coach and the same type of system. So um, man, I'm ex- I'm excited to see what he comes out and does. And he's well, and you know I'm excited because he has longevity too. It's not like he's going to go out there and you know as much as I love a dual threat quarterback, sometimes the longevity is questionable. So I'm happy right. that you know he he seems like he has some longevity and some durability to go along with it. And that's, like, appealing as a fan, too. You know what I mean? Definitely. I want to ask you this. I mean, you you look at the Eagles' schedule. I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule right now. I'm seeing a lot of tough games at San Francisco, at Indianapolis. I mean, Seattle comes to town, at Green Bay. You know, Carolina as well, at Arizona. I'm looking at this schedule, and the Eagles, uh, I mean, uh, to me it's not going to be easy. But you believe, yep. at the end of the day, you believe that the Eagles will win the NFC East. The NFC East may not be that good either. But overall, you believe the Eagles will win say, the NFC East. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, we, we all obviously get to and are, like, structured throughout the playoffs based upon how we get through our division. So it's not like, you know, even though there are some, some tough games, you know, I hear San Francisco, I hear some of these tough games. At the end of the day, we got to go through the NFC East. And, you know, okay. Let's be serious. You're talking about you're talking about um, you know the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys. Just a big, you know. <laughs> I watched uh, I watched Sports Center the other day, and Stephen A. Smith 
had a very interesting term that he used to describe the Dallas Cowboys, and I got to go ahead and I got to I got to repeat that because I agree with it. And it was almost like you know the Dallas Cowboys are just a walking piece of mediocrity. Um, you know, in ter- in terms of so I'm not necessarily worried about the Cowgirls. In terms of the Giants, I mean, serious, we're going to see what Eli Manning bounces back from last year and does. They're horrible last year. Right. And in terms of you know the the Washington Redskins, I mean, we're going to see they're going to have to bounce back too. So it's not like we're coming from a place where you know um, you know we're going to be dominated within our division, so it's impossible to make the playoffs. You know, I think we're going to be. I think we're definitely going to win the. I think we're definitely going to win the division. And then at that point, it's like, you know, because of how hot we have, because of how hot we can get throughout the playoffs. I don't think any. I think we're a dangerous team for anyone to play throughout the playoffs. You know what I mean? We're safe. Yes, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I, I'm too with you. I am a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I, and I look at this team, and I, I'm not completely sold on Nick Foles. To be honest with you, I'm not. So I mean, here's my question, though. So why why not though? Especially after he comes off the season like he had last year, and he's gonna have his feet a little bit more wet. He's gonna have his confidence. Like why do you say something like that? You must have a reason. I, I just I, I I just look at his game, and it it just it doesn't. I, I'm just not. It doesn't pop out to me. And, and to me, I also look at it from this standpoint. Twenty-seven and twenty-seven and two doesn't pop out at you. Come on now. No, the numbers are tr- the twenty-seven to two is twenty-seven to two. I can't argue with that. But okay, you know, okay, he okay. doesn't. He's not the most athletic guy. His arm, it, it to me, is not uh, eye popping. And also, so were you sad to see Vick go? Were you sad to see Michael Vick go? I am a Vick guy, but uh, you can't argue with twenty-seven and two. I can't argue with yeah, twenty-seven no. and two. He has to be the starter. I was gonna say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue. I can't argue with twenty-seven and two, but I, I still <laughs> see him, and you know, I'm just not completely sold. I, and plus, it's only one year. He only done it one year, and it wasn't even a full yeah. season. So the, the twenty-seven yeah. and two is good, but it wasn't a full season. Now, defensive coordinators have a full year's tape on them. They have a full year's tape on Chip Kelly in that offense. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but I'm saying I'm just not completely sold. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. yet. I, mean, I, I gotta see. I gotta see a little more. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, it, it definitely can't knock what you're saying. I mean, what you're saying is what you're saying is true. I mean, another another thing that makes me a little nervous too is to see how. I mean, I, I'm a huge Lashawn McCoy fan, but I know that he's also going to be facing a lot more defenders like at the line of scrimmage, which is going to like switch things up. Like I was a running back in college, so I know that like you know if I got more people in the box, like pre snap is going to be different than right. you know uh, if, if if the defenders are coming from the second level or something like that. So. Sure. Um, you know, as as much confidence as I have in, like, you know, the backfield of Michelle McCoy um, and, and in the quarterback situation, you know, there's still some, there's still some, uh, you know, concerns we got going on. So I hope Nick Foles sure. comes going to do because I'm, uh, I'm definitely rooting for him, though. I'm excited. And also you have to, to Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson and him not being there and, and replacing that. There's no guarantee that that can be replaced. So we'll, we'll no, see. I mean, to me, it's, yeah, it is not. We'll see what happens. I mean, we'll, we'll see but, what happens. Um, yeah, we will. I mean, that's what I play the game, though. For sure. We're talking to yeah. one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit TV show, The Habs and the Have Nots, Tyler Lepley, Johnny Manziel. How do you see him? <laughs> you know, 
You know, I, I've actually had the uh, I've actually had the privilege of bumping into him a few times out here in uh, in LA. I know he trained out here before. Um, as he was leading up to the combine, and you know, he was he was a he was a cool dude. Um, you know, I got a I'm a uh, I, I got a root, I got a root for somebody like that. You know, first of all, you're talking about a very dynamic football player. Let's get that. Let, let's let's understand that first of all. Um, he's he's a hell of a football player first. Um, I'm excited to go see what he does. I mean, I really don't know who's going to start over there. I mean, he's looking really good. I mean, he's looking, he's looking like a rookie. You know, there's some mistakes. There's some, there's some, there's some else. But he's looking like he, you know, as long as he can battle that playbook, as long as he can get that playbook down, he has a really solid chance to start. I and mean, I'm rooting for him. I hope he goes out and there and starts. You know, you're talking about a, a hell of a football player, dual threat. Um, and it seems like he knows what it takes to be a, to be a pro. Did you party with him at all? <laughs> well, you know, I make more. I never put, I never put somebody else's business out there in the street. But I just, go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go ahead and say that he was a real, he was a real cool dude when I got to bump into him. Bro. So you just call him out uh, and about. Say again. You just saw him out and about, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not like I, I don't know him personally like that. No, we just have, uh, we have mutual, we have mutual friends, and we just happen to be in the same vicinity. Yeah. And so, based just just based off just hanging out with him and whatnot, you you feel like, you know, he can definitely be be something in the National Football League. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, what, what I saw him, it's not like when I saw him, it's not like we were on a football field, but uh, you know, <laughs> right. the energy, yeah, yeah. You know, the energy that I got from him, he was definitely, um, he was definitely very focused. Um, he he looked he looked sound. He looked like he was training. He looked well rested. Like he was, um, like he was definitely very focused, as I said before. Um, so, you know, from from what I saw in that in that quick in that quick instance, I mean, it's, it's something. If you were a Browns fan, you're definitely very. Uh, that would definitely be very, um, you know, promising. Sometimes you see some of these guys; they get the money, and then you see them out, and they're doing, you know, they got they got the bottle upside down. They're pouring it on themselves. And they're just, you know, they're just losing control of themselves over here in LA. And uh, he was definitely he was definitely the opposite. So he seemed like a professional. Right. I look at Johnny, and my concern with Johnny Manziel is is he committed to staying in that pocket and and becoming a better pocket passer? And also, he's not very big. And if he's going to run around like he did in college, he's not going to last very long in the National Football League. Those are my concerns about Johnny Manziel. The party and stuff. That's really nothing to me. Everybody party. Yeah. That's really not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as, you, as long as you're uh, growing up a professional, you can, you know, you can differentiate too. You can, you can still like, you know, have fun and work hard. Um, For sure. Yeah, but uh, but in terms of um, in terms of him, man, I think I think he's going to be okay. I really do. Okay. But I mean, I guess, okay. again, that's why they play again. And you know what? I'm not a Browns fan, but I'm rooting for the Browns too because I come from um, uh, Central right. Bucks West High School. Right. It's uh, in the mm-hmm. suburb of Philadelphia, and we used to play North Penn all the time. So, long story short, uh, Mike Pettin Jr., who's the head coach yeah. now, I used to be coached by head uh, by Mike Pettin Sr., who's his father. Okay. And we used to beat up, we used to beat up on Mike Pettin Jr. all the time at Central Bucks West. He coached for North Penn, but it's still all in the okay. family, it's still all Central Bucks though. So, you know, I'm, I have a uh, I have a three to to root for for the Browns this year. And, and that's I'm from that around that Philadelphia area myself. So that Central Bucks West team has been a dominant team 
for years. Oh, hey, come on now. Hey, come on now. You know how we do now. We've been, we've been on time. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this now. Second season of rap and the haves and have-nots. I mean, a big-time show. Obviously, a lot of people are watching. A lot of people are talking about talking about. I got to ask you this. I was watching the season finale, and at the end, someone gets shot, and the screen goes to black. Who gets shot? What happened? <laughs> I don't know, right? It's like, <laughs> if, I had, if, I had, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me that, man, I'd be rich man. And you know what? It's funny because it, it, it's cool because we get to uh, – you know, we get to speculate what's going on, like we're and we're another audience member as well, because you know that was the season finale, and at that point, at that point, um, you know, the next season hadn't been written yet. Now it's been written at this point, so we know what's going on at this point. But like at that point, you know, um, when they aired it, maybe you know, a week and some was it a few weeks ago, a few weeks yeah. and some changes ago, we actually, you know, the new ones hadn't been written yet, and we didn't get the new scripts yet. So at that point, we didn't. We didn't know who was who was shot yet because we didn't have, we wouldn't even see the new scripts yet. So it's kind of cool to watch and be in suspense with the rest of y'all. But um, come on now, you know I can't say that. I got to keep my job. Now. I can't say that. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Obviously, big buzz around this show. In your mind, what makes this so this show so successful? Um, you know, it's it's funny because. You know, before before the show, you know, before the show got when the show came on, maybe like a year and some, a year and a half ago, uh, when it when it came on. So before that, you know, Tyler Perry had already been successful, right? So I had heard about, um, you know, I had heard about what was special with like the Tyler Perry camp before I actually experienced it, and um, and uh, when I experienced it, and like I started watching it. Um, when I started watching it all the time, at least what was going on with these shows, I was involved with it. Like, uh, you know, I caught myself, uh, you know, I caught myself learning certain things. Like, like for instance, um, you know, when when Benny when when Benny came back and he got reunited with his mother, it was funny because obviously, you know, I filmed you know I filmed the show, so I know it's I know it's a show, I know this is fiction, um, but you know. When I saw that whole awakening, I couldn't help but like, you know, be happy for Hannah and like have all of her because all of her prayers got answered. You know what I mean? So it was almost like right. when I had that little when I had that little epiphany. That was like a little epiphany moment in which like I learned something, um, you know, about life or like a positive, real thing about life. You know what I mean? Because uh, if you have the right faith, you know, your prayers will and can get answered. So wow. I think like one one of the special things about it is is the fact that there's just so many real, um, you know, lessons that touch home. You know what I mean? How many of us have come from abusive past? How many of right. us have had, uh, you know, love in certain areas when we haven't had the, the, the financial means or vice versa? How many times have you seen someone that has, that has had money and then has just been, you know, engulfed in the wrong decisions and the wrong things in life? So I think it's just a lot of things about the stories that actually relate to real life and real people, um, and especially like his fan base. You know, these are people that are that are going through these things. So I think um, I think that in combination with the fact that he has such a following and, and such a loyal following, you know what I mean? So of course they're going to sure. tune in right off the bat because they follow him, and then he also delivered them. He also delivered and gave a killer product. 
So, you know, you got those two things doing a dance, and it's great for the uh, for the ratings right now. A lot of great success. That's cool to watch. Definitely. A lot of people are watching. A lot of people are talking about it. What is the yeah, one so. thing you learned from Tyler Perry? One thing. Um, what is one thing that I've learned from him? Yeah. Um, man, you know, it's, it's crazy because I learned so much from Tyler on set as an actor. I learned uh, just as much, if not more, off set as a person. So there's a lot okay. of things, you know, that I think of right off the bat. But, like, right off the bat, probably one thing that I've learned is that, um, you know, it takes it takes a lot of it takes a lot of things to be able to to do something big in life and not only start something but to keep it going and to try to finish something in life. And you know, there was one analogy that really stuck with me um, because, like, as you get bigger in life, you can't always take everyone with you. And a lot of young people struggle with that when you just get when you just like fall into stardom like re- relatively quickly. You feel like you can bring everyone with you, and like sometimes you get into you know you get into trouble whether you bring someone with you and it gets you into trouble or you don't bring someone with you and then you get into trouble with that person, you know, sometimes it can be real tricky. And, um, and he explained it to me one time as, like, you know, a lot of times when the, the plane is, when a plane is trying to fly higher, you know, you've got to cut dead weight. Some of these G5s, these G6s, they're smaller planes. They're smaller than a 757 because they can fly higher. So, like, in life, when you want to get higher, sometimes you have to cut dead weight. And sometimes the hard part about that is, like, that dead weight will be people that are close to you. And it's not necessarily that you've got to cut them, but sometimes you've got to love some of those people from a distance. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with, like, uh, you know, being malicious towards them or not liking them. But sometimes you have to have to prepare the table by yourself, and then you have to go back and get the, get the people to sit down and, and enjoy the feast. You know what I mean? So it's like... Right. Uh, that, that's a whole tricky thing of how to maneuver, you know, amongst the the people that are, uh, you know, because you know something happens when, once you once you get into the game a little bit. So you know, you get a little bit, bit of money, people start recognizing you, your family starts going crazy a little bit. So it's like, how are you going to deal with all these newfound things? I think is what sticks out about what I've learned from Mr. Perry the most. To answer your question, we're, we're talking to actor and one of the stars of the haves and the have-nots. Tyler Lepley. And, Tyler, have you guys started season three? Have you started shooting it? Um, we, actually go down, we actually go down next week to start. Okay. So, so uh, next yeah, week you guys we, start. We just, uh, we just got the privilege of linking up right before I bounced out. Okay. So in Atlanta, you guys are shooting that? Yeah, we do. We shoot everything at uh, Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. And he just, uh, okay. he just bought up another few lots, I think, around, around him or around where his studio is currently at, so he's, uh, he's expanding it. So he's, uh, you know, he's doing bigger and better things. The studio is going to be expanded. He's bringing a lot more jobs to ATL, so he's doing his thing. We do it all down at ATL. Okay. All right. So you yeah. got, you'll be back in the Atlanta area in about a week or so. Oh, Let me yeah. ask you this. In a lot of, uh, a lot of ways, this, this acting thing kind of happened by accident for you in, a, in, in some respect. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think, I, you know, I don't believe in coincidences or accidents or things like that. But, you know, from the outside, I'm like, you know, because it had never been done before, it seemed like it was like something that fell in your lap, you know what I mean? Or fell in my lap, right. it seemed like it was almost kind of by accident. Um, you know, if you, if you just wanted to look at the surface of it. Um, but, you know, it was, it was interesting, it was funny, because it was one of those, you know, those uh, Hollywood stories that you hear about in, like, a magazine or a book or something like that. 
So I was out here, and one of the first things that I got started doing was personal training. You know what I mean? You know, come on. I've, I've always been a, uh, you know, I've, I've always had, you know, good business acumen. I've always been a hustler, if you will. So wherever there's a, uh, you know, there's a, there's a demand, I'll, fi- I'll find a supply for it. And I came out, and I realized that, you know, personal trainers were in high demand out here. So, you know, I learned the tricks of the trade, and all of a sudden I was a personal trainer out here. And, uh, you know, the thing about L.A. is it's very saturated with people in the business, you know, actors, producers, models, yada, yada. So I was training some people, and uh, I actually had someone approach me at one of the gyms that I was training at. And it's like, Yo, you know, uh, hey, man, I'm having a really hard time uh, casting this one small, this one role in this small film that I'm producing. Uh, you know, I, I know you never, I, I don't think you've ever acted before, but, uh, you know, on paper, the dude's just like you. you know, like I said, this is one of my clients that I was training at the time. So on paper, the dude's just like you. So, you know, why don't you come in? You know, you be yourself, read the sides, shoot, see what happens. So I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I've been in L.A. for like three or four months at the time. So I was like, shoot, why not? You know what I mean? Let, let, let's do it. Let's see, what, let's see what it is. So I went in there. I didn't know what I was doing. I just butchered it left and right. I'm just like messing everything up. And uh, I, ended up, I ended up booking the role. And that was like the start of, you know, of this, uh, this, <laughs> this journey that I'm on. For sure. At that I mean, point, I started to apply myself. So, yeah. Right. And let me ask you this: If I would have told you back in 2010, 2011, that you would be on this show, that you would be a fairly successful actor, what would you have told me? Well, I would have. I would have definitely gotten. I would have definitely. Um, I've definitely gotten a chuckle out of it with you, because. For me to think I'd be doing something and being successful in something that I, I currently wasn't doing, as you told me, you know, that, that would probably, that, we'd probably get a chuckle out of that because, you know, we wouldn't really get it. However, it, I would definitely not, like, I wouldn't, say, I, I wouldn't say that I would not believe you or I would call you crazy or anything like that because at that moment when you told me that, if you told me that in 2012, so we were going, if you told me that in 2012 and now it's 2014, we would have had a two-year period to think about what could happen. So, if we would have talked in 2012, if you would have asked me that same thing in 2010, there would be no way I'd be able to tell you that I would be where I'm at at 2012. That you, that two-year jump was insane for me to like, right. you know, for me to be like, um, to 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 get out of all the trouble I was in in Philly, um, to graduate college like I did in Philly, mm-hmm. and then to like move 2,500 miles across the across the country and, like, live in Los Angeles on my own, like, providing for myself. That was, that was like, unlike anything I ever thought was possible, and that happened within two years. And that happened from 2010 to 2012. So if you would have came to me at 2012 and said, this is going to happen in the next two years, I'd be like, you know what, it's crazy, but it's not that crazy because look what just happened. You know what I mean? Because, like, I understand where my destiny lies. So, like, and that would be, be another freaky thing. If we sat around, like, if I told you what I'm about to do in the next two years, if I sat down here right now, presently at 2014, and told you what, I, what I'm about to do, where I'm about to be at 2016, I would actually freak you out right now. So it's like, nah, that, that, that wouldn't freak me out. We actually have to chuckle about it. So basically started from the bottom, now you're here. <laughs> yeah, right? I like that song. I like that song, too. <laughs> Let me ask you this. You, obviously, you're having a lot of success with the haves and the have-nots. You're doing big things with that. What else is going on with Tyler Lefley? What else is in the can for you? Well, you know, it's interesting right now because, um, you know, I'm going through, you know, 
two and a half, almost three years into this whole acting thing, um, you know, I'm finding myself in a new, I'm at a new, um, I'm at like a different level than I was and um, a lower level than I will be in the future. So I'm going to find myself in new ground. Um, you know, two, year, two years ago would be different than where I'm at, and two years from now would be different than where I'm at right now. But it's like right now, um, it's really important for me to, you know, not necessarily just stay on the grind, but like stay, stay trying to uh, further and perfect my perfect the craft. Because like for me, for sure. um, it's really it's really important that I'm that I'm good at what I'm doing and not just like collecting money. Because you have to understand, the hustler side of me could seriously uh, could milk all this all this stuff that I'm about to go through. And I'm not just talking about just the show. I'm talking about like. Uh, the business, the business period. You know what I mean? I could definitely go run through this business and just make money. But like, I'm not necessarily um, just about that. Yeah, I want to make money, but I also want to be really good at what I'm doing too. I want to be respected. So it's like what I'm doing right now is is, is just that. I'm making sure I read all the all of the materials that that's right for me to read. Um, I had just uh, I had just passed. You know, it's interesting because as someone that also wants to work. All the time, I just passed on a a few a few offers. I'm getting to the place right now where I'm getting things coming in that are just offers only. Yeah, I'm still auditioning, but like some some things, some lower things, and some mid level things are coming in like straight offers. Um, okay. And even though I want to work, some of the I've said no to some of those things because they're just not right for my they're not right for my career. You know what I mean? Um, a wise man once told me that that uh, you know your first few projects are gonna like shape and define your career. So if you go start doing silly things just to make money, it, you know, it can uh, it can be at your detriment. So right now to answer your question, I'm really just staying in my acting class. I work with Larry Moss right now. Um, I'm reading all the certain, uh, you know, the particular liter- literature and um, theater that I'm supposed to be reading. Like right now I'm, um, I'm reading all of August Wilson. He's kind of like the black Shakespeare. He's kind of like the Shakespeare of like black literature. So this is, this is a lot of, like, foundation work that I'm doing right now, like seeds that I'm planting, if you will, like seeds that you're going to see hats for, like, another year and a half. Like, this, okay. this have, have not thing was a seed that I planted about two years ago. And right now, two years later, we're, like, you know, we're talking about the tree that it's become because it's hatched already. So, like, right now I got a lot of other foundation work that really won't, like, reflect itself for, like, another year and a half in terms of, like, actual work that you might be talking about. And, you know, another okay. thing about that, too, is, like, you know, as an actor, you know, your life can change dramatically day to day. You know, I'm, I'm up for something right now, but if I, but if I book it, you know, that's going to that's gonna dictate what I'm doing for the next five months of my life. You know what I mean? Because that will okay. be a different project. So, you know, life can always change from day to day. So, in the meantime, it's just trying to get better, you know? So, it's a, it's a fluid situation, and when you think about a yeah. life, it's pretty much a fluid situation anyway. Yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. I saw you on Real Housewives of Atlanta. You were being auctioned off. At this point mm-hmm. in time, have you found somebody? Have you found Miss Wright? Are you still right now a single man and still, you know, being single? Yeah, yeah well, you know what? Um, I, 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 am, I am single. Um, but I do have um, – I've been involved – you know what? I've been, in, I've been in, involved with someone for a long time that I've really um, – Felt close to, felt deeply about, um, and the, one of the reasons why I really 
why I really care about her, even though I am single, is that like she respects she respects what I have to do like right now. See, for me, I would love okay. to be able to multitask and do everything. I would love to, you know, I I come from a family that like, my parents are still married after like uh, I think my parents have been married for like twenty four years. So like I have a really great uh, example of what love is, you know, because I see it every day. I talk to them every day and stuff. Um, so I'm able to love really hard. I want a girlfriend. I want a wife and kids eventually. Um, but with that being said, as much as I want that, I can't. I can't be the best boyfriend and um, and like the best, the best actor and like the best for myself that I can be for myself all at the same time. I just, I just can't do that. And the reason why I really love this girl is because she understands that and she doesn't necessarily push me into that because lots of girls will, will you know, I've. I, won't, I can't say lots of girls. I can't speak for lots of girls. But some of the girls that I've been with, in my experience, really try to force me into that, into that title, that boyfriend title. Okay. You know what I mean? And and with that right. comes like you know, you know, with that comes certain responsibilities. You, you know, you're supposed to be for sure. a good man to a girl, and certain and, and all and all the other things that come with having those titles. Um, but it's also it's also a time thing too. So because I'm unable to do that, and she doesn't push me to do that, I've really um, respected this woman. Um, I care, you know. I'm, I, I I care for, her, but you know, it's been a, you know, it's been a long term thing. And um, with that being said, I am I am single though. Um, and I'm very <laughs> I'm very focused on what I'm do- I'm very focused on what I'm doing. So it's like with that being said, she's this, more of like she's no, honestly though, but she's like she you're talking like you're talking someone that I've been around for four, five, six years though. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like All right. it's more it's more of like it's more something that's like extended. It's like extended family. You know what I mean? Okay. Because we've really been okay. there. We've been there for one another. So it's like understand what I what I mean when I'm saying like because I know right. as I'm listening to myself, it kind of it kind of sounds like I'm saying both. Like <laughs> like I care for someone, but I'm but I'm single. But it's like just, I just want you to understand like what that means. You know what I mean? I care about somebody because I've been around someone for a long time. But, like, with that being said, as I'm creating and, I'm, and establishing this empire that I'm building, I must be okay. single. I must be alone and dedicate all of my time to doing just that. Right. Well, it, here's, the, here's my only concern <laughs> for you. Here's my only concern for you. Now, mm. you know, this, the way you're talking about this woman, she's a pretty good woman, probably a decent-looking woman. Just looking at you, you're a fairly decent-looking guy. She's probably a decent-looking woman. So, and, yeah. like you said, she's a good woman. So my point is, at some point, a good woman, decent-looking woman, seems to have a head on her shoulder. At some point, she's not going to wait. She's not going to wait for you. So, you know, I think you have to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, and I think that's like, I think that that's one thing that people need to keep in mind is that there are consequences to all of your to all of your choices. There's going to be a consequence for every action. There's a reaction. So it's almost like, you know, in, when you look at it in terms of, like, the, the, the general, the, the broad aspect of it, it's almost like you pick your poison. So do I want, um, on one hand, if you choose to do what I'm doing, you could run into a poison of where this woman that you care so much about, well, she's not waiting up anymore for you. So guess what? She's gone. So drink that poison because that's what you just chose. I would have to drink that. On the other hand, right, um, you could go ahead, lock this woman up, and this this dream that you're chasing, well, let's just set it down. Don't worry about how hot it is. 
uh, take it off the heat, take it off the flames, and set it over there in the cooler, and let that let that uh, let that thing cool off. Don't worry about your dream no more. But get back go get back to the girl and get back to your uh, your white picket fence that you were worried about, right? And then don't mm-hmm. don't but don't ever ask about uh don't ever ask about like achieving that dream again because you only get one shot in life to do something like that. So it's like, or you could grip your girl up and go eat that poison. So it's like for me, I understand both consequences. I truly do. But like I've made my decision because I'll tell you one thing. Okay. When I'm like when I'm 80, you know, Lord willing, or I'm like 60 or whatever it is, whenever I come to that place where I'm like, you know, I'm trying to think about what I did with my life, that will be the pill that I'll be able to swallow easier than the other one. I'll be able to swallow a pill when I look over and there's no one next to me. That will be a hard pill to swallow. Trust me, it really will be. Because when you, as you get older, you want to share something with someone in life. You really do. I know you do. My parents talk about it all the time. I'm going to say love each other. So I get that. But I'll tell you one thing. There's going to be a pill that I will not be able to swallow. And that's when I wake up and I'm 80 and I'm like, I'm not where I want to be in life. And it's like, you know, my, my kids come to me and they say, you know what, I want to go to this school because I want to be a doctor and this is the best school to be a doctor at. And I say, you know what, I can't give that to you because, like, I didn't. I didn't go after my dream, and I didn't do it when I could. When I knew I could do it, I didn't do it. I wanted like sh- I wanted like shack up and feel safe with someone. I didn't go out and go get it. It's like that's going to be a pill I will not be able to swallow. So I understand completely what you're talking about. But it's like I've already thought about that like, you know, 112 steps ago. Right. Well, I mean, we'll see. Obviously, we'll, the time has a way oh, of revealing. Really- all things to <laughs> exactly, yeah. We have, Father time, yeah. Father time will be there after all of us, so we will see. It will reveal whether or not this is the right decision, whether it's the wrong decision. Ultimately, yeah. like you said, ultimately, like you said, there there are two ways to go, and there are consequences for your actions. Hopefully, hopefully, all hopefully. actions, yeah. All actions. Hopefully, you choose to you you go in the right direction, and you do what you need to do moving forward to be successful, whether with her or without her, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, Tyler, hopefully we all do the right thing. Definitely. Tyler, you are on Twitter. Where can fans connect with Tyler Lepley on Twitter? They can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram. I got the same, I got the same handle, right? I think that's what you call it, a handle, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's at... It's at Ty Lepley. It's T-Y-L-E-P-L-E-Y. There's no spaces. It's very simple. It's plain. <laughs> Just my name. Okay. All right. Real quickly yeah. now, you don't, have to, you don't have to answer it. Is this girl in the industry? <clears throat> well, do you feel like she's in the industry? Based on what I'm telling you? No. No. I would say I would say no. No? Okay, yeah, I was just asking because, like, it seems like in your tone of voice you had thought that she was in the industry. And I was just going to ask, no. like, what about what was being said would make you think that? So you think that no, she's not in no. the industry? You think that she's not no. in the industry? Yeah, I would okay. say no. Okay, I, I wish she is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she is. So I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, so you, so you were wrong. <laughs> I was wrong, you're right. It's okay though. It's okay though. You know, because we're here though. You know, what I'm saying I got your back. But it's like that's all. That's as far as that's as far as we can go. You ain't getting my ass no more. Okay. 
right. Sounds good. If you like her, you but should you put a ring on her, okay? I think, I, think that's an, I think that's another reason why, like, you know, there's such a respect level there, too. It's because we, on a certain level, we kind of understand what the other is going through. So, you know, right. it's cool anytime someone can get you back like that, you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Fans, yeah. make sure you hit him up on Twitter. Hit him up on Instagram at Ty Lepley, and support all the great things going on with Tyler Lepley. This man uh, is doing some big things on the haves and have-nots on on. And that's coming back in January, right? That'll be back in January. Yes, sir. I think it's coming back here. I think I want to say what, January 6th, right? 5th or 6th. Sometime in January. I know it's early January. Yeah, yeah, I want to say the 6th, January 6th. Okay. So, fans, make sure you're – if you're a fan of the show, you're definitely going to be watching because it's a big-time show doing big-time ratings, and we will all find out together who got shot. We'll find out, right? Who took that bullet, yeah. Tyler, Tyler, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine, bro. Until next time, bro. No doubt. Take care. All right, bro. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Tyler Lepley, one of the stars of the Haves and the Have-Nots, which airs on OWN. Uh, Tyler Perry's doing big things with the show. A lot of people are watching the show. A lot of people are talking about the show. The show's getting big-time ratings, man, and on cable, and a lot of people are loving it. So it was a pleasure talking to Tyler Lepley, and hopefully, hopefully, he'll make the right decision. Hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll go the right route. And, 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 you know, do what he feels is the right thing to do and do what, you know, ultimately is the right thing to do. We shall see. Second hour, go for it. Starting right now. Welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't see. mean anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know what? I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around to. I just don't know what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's not Robbie. That's called brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Second half hour of Go For started right now. And we're going to start. I'm going to start in this uh, half hour. We're going to talk Johnny Manziel. I, I got to talk Johnny Manziel. I got to. Uh, we talked about him earlier. Tyler believes that Johnny Manziel is going to be a, a fairly decent player. He believes he, he has belief in Johnny Manziel. Me. I'm a little skeptical in terms of a guy, whether or not he can 
have a, a, a pocket presence, which I haven't seen, and uh, also whether or not he can stay healthy because of what his style is and, and what he does and the way he, he runs out of that pocket and the way he exposes his body. He's not a big boy, and it's at the NFL, and the NFL is, you know, none too forgiven when it comes to beating up on big, on quarterbacks. And, you know, you got guys, you know, bigger than him, much bigger than him, who could run him down in, the, in an instant. So it should be interesting to see how it works out for Johnny Manziel. But here's the thing. Right now it seems to be that Manziel and Brian Hoyer are close. It's a competitive battle between the two. Hoyer, he had his first snaps against the Detroit Lions, and everybody had their first snaps against the Detroit Lions last week for the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, he was, he was okay. It wasn't nothing special. And, and the thing about Brian Hoyer is, is this. This is a guy also coming off of a major knee injury. So in coming off a major knee injury, obviously he's not going to be uh, – he, he might have a level, level of rust that he has to work off, and he has to work off that rust. And right now he is in the process of working off that rust. And you look at Johnny Manziel, he came in <clears throat> excuse me, last, in the second quarter, I believe it was, and, and he was, you know, I, I saw a couple of decent throws from the pocket. He got out of the pocket a little bit as well. Um, but, you know, obviously it wasn't nothing special. And <clears throat> I, I just wasn't, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't, I, I got to see. I got to see him with some first teamers. And it's not like we said, it's his first action. So it's it really, you, you got to wait. You got to see how this thing plays out. It's his first action. We'll see what happens in game number two as he will get some, repetitions with the starters, with the ones, and Brian Hoyer will start that game. And Mike Pettin Jr. has been on record as saying that he wants to have a starter named by, he wants that starter named by uh, the third preseason game. So this is going to be an interesting game and an important game for both Hoyer and Johnny Manziel. Rex Grossman being signed by the Browns I think would point towards Johnny Manziel because then at that point obviously you have that veteran backup just in case Johnny gets hurt. And Rex Grossman, who knows Kyle Shanahan's system, who played under Kyle Shanahan in Washington. So the signing of Rex Grossman tells me that maybe they're leaning towards Manziel. But I look at it this way. If the two of those guys, if it's close between Manziel and, and um, Brian Hoyer, I think you've got to give it to Manziel because he, he, here's a guy, it, it's close. And, and Brian Hoyer, this has been a journeyman quarterback. Granted, he had some success, what, two games in the National Football League for the Browns, led him to two victories, and ultimately he went down with that ACL injury. But, you know, if, if it's close between Manziel and, and Brian Hoyer, I think you give the keys to the car, the keys of the franchise to Johnny Manziel and just let him go out there and play and let him just do what he does and, and see what kind of success you can have, if it's close. But I think if, if, if Hoyer comes out in this game and, and just impresses and continues into in practice and pressing and then, you know, doing the things necessary, I think you get the job to Hoyer. You started out with Hoyer. And then, then, you know, we'll see what happens if he falters, then Manziel gets in. But if it's close, I think I'll side with the rookie because we've seen in recent years with the Russell Wilsons, the RG3s, you know, Ben, ben Roethlisberger even years back, guys who've come stepped on the scene as a rookie and had success right away for their ball club, you know, and, and, you know, have success with their ball club and also have, uh, you know, have, 
it's not only success with your ball club, but, you know, lead their teams to the playoffs. And, you know, Roethlisberger is the example. He led his team all the way to the AFC title game. Granted, that Steelers team had a big-time defense and everything, but you look at that team. You, you look at the Browns team, and I don't think they are, they're necessarily a bad team. Josh Gordon, you wonder how that situation is going to work out. Hopefully it can work out in the Browns' favor. And, and like Tyler, I am kind of rooting for the Browns on some level because, you know, I, I hope – Oh, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't necessarily believe in Johnny Manziel, but I hope I'm wrong because it's great for Cleveland. I mean, you're talking about a championship-starved city. You're talking about a city that's had a hard time having and finding winners. I mean, LeBron James, you know, he won, didn't win a title, but he won a lot of regular season games and won some playoff games, but ultimately he didn't get his team over the top. But LeBron James won a lot in Cleveland, and, you know, they didn't win a title. But now LeBron's back in Cleveland. Manziel's in Cleveland. The Indians, they're probably not going to win their division, probably not going to make the playoffs, but they're playing decent baseball. So now you know the Cavaliers are going to be good because Kevin Love is on the way. LeBron James is already there. Kyrie Irving is already there. So you know the, the, the Cavs are going to be good. The Browns, they can surprise some people. And if Johnny Manziel or Manziel, whether it's Hoyer or Manziel, if one of those guys come out and ball out, guess what? If their quarterback situation is decent, the Browns, are going to be a team that you're going to have to watch out for if their quarterback play is decent because their defense isn't that bad. It's not a bad defense. they got some good corners. You know, you got Mingo as well. So they're not <clears throat> a bad defensive football team. And when they got decent quarterback play from Brian Hoyer last season in those first two games, when the quarterback play was solid, guess what? The Cleveland Browns were winning some football games. When Brian Hoare went down, obviously it ended for Cleveland. They turned it, turned it over to old man Brandon Whedon. And from there, it, it was just, you know, a big-time drop-off in play. I mean, this was a team that was eighth against the pass and, and 18th against the rush. So a decent defensive football team in Cleveland. They were a decent defensive football team. They really were. And so the thing for Cleveland is whether or not they can get consistent quarterback play. A consistent quarterback play. That's the key. Can they get consistent quarterback play? And if they can get consistent quarterback play, then guess what? Cleveland is going to be a team that you're going to have to watch out for, whether that's Brian Hoyer or whether that's Johnny Manziel. Whether, you know, whether it's one of those two, Cleveland is a team I think you're going to have to watch out for. You really are. Because this is a team that's decent on defense, and this is a team that if they can get Solid quarterback play, and we've seen it the first few weeks of the season. We've seen it when Brian Hoyer was going out there and playing some decent football for the Browns. You saw a football team that was competitive. You saw a football team that was winning games. They were winning games in Cleveland. The key was quarterback play. Will they get that same type of quarterback play this season, whether it's Hoyer whether it's Manziel, but I think if it's close between Hoyer and Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, Johnny Heisman, however you want to say it, if it's close, if it's close, I I think you obviously have to go with Manziel. But if Hoyer comes out and and does big time and Manziel struggles, I think you've got to go with Johnny. I mean, excuse me, you've got to go with Hoyer. 
I mean, look at the Browns. I mean, obviously they started the season 0-2. Brandon Whedon was a starter. Brian Hoyer came in, beat Minnesota, beat a playoff team in Cincinnati, and ultimately he went down against the Buffalo Bills, and that was a game they actually won. Brandon Whedon came in and kept it going, and they ultimately won that game. But when Brian Hoyer really went down, this team was 3-2. and And at that point, you know, with Whedon and, and Jason Campbell, I mean, they were competitive with, with Campbell, more so to Whedon, but they pretty much fell apart. You know, went on a three-game losing streak from there, and then, you know, won one more time and lost the final seven games. They lost the final seven games. So I, I look at that, and, and I look at this team, quarterback play, quarterback play, quarterback play. If they can get quarterback play, the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion, are a team you've got to watch out for. The key is quarterback play, whether that's Hoyer, whether that's Johnny Manziel. One of the two. If they get the solid quarterback play, they're going to be a decent football team. We're just looking at their schedule. Um, they play the NFC South this season. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule. Their schedule is not serious. It's, it's not a brutal schedule. I mean, you've got games against Jacksonville, Oakland, games against the Buccaneers, the Texans, Buffalo, um, you know. So, you know, there's some winnable football games here for the Cincinnati, uh, the Cleveland Browns. And I don't think, you know, just looking at their schedule, their schedule to me is, is especially, you know, from week seven and week nine, that three-game stretch against, um, well, even, well, I'm sorry, yeah, week seven through week nine, three-game stretch of Jacksonville, Oakland, and Tampa Bay. That's three games they can get. They got Pittsburgh uh, twice in the first six weeks of the season. And, you know, that, that could be a split. They got New Orleans at home, and New Orleans is a totally different team on the road. Baltimore, we don't know what the Ravens will be this season. You know, they, they were a team that was, you know, their quarterback play was was okay. But, you know, a team that didn't have their leaders and Ray Lewis and uh, Ed Reed. And granted, Ed Reed really wasn't a factor with the Houston Texans, but, I mean, he brought leadership as well as, Ed Reed, who brought leadership for this ball club. I mean, Ray Lewis, who brought leadership for this ball club, who retired. And, you know, Ray Rice obviously didn't have a big-time season for the Ravens last season. He had some struggles for the Baltimore Ravens. And, obviously, you hope for the Baltimore Ravens, obviously you need Ray Rice to be better. Hey, diddle, diddle, Ray Rice needs to be effective going over the middle and going up the middle. So you need him. And I think you need Flacco to have a better season. I mean, 19 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, that's unacceptable for a guy getting the type of money that Joe Flacco is getting. He's your franchise quarterback. Your franchise quarterback needs to uh, not have 22 interceptions. That's too many interceptions. It's only 19 touchdowns. That's too many. It's not acceptable. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I think the Browns, again, if they can get decent quarterback play, I think the Browns could be a team that, you know, you might have to look out for. We'll see. And, and I, I'm wondering. And look, you look at that game. Johnny Manziel, he's, he's like big time in terms of popularity. I mean, that preseason game, that preseason game with the Browns and the Lions, you know, the highest rated preseason game on the NFL Network. So that tells you something. That tells you something. That tells you that people like this guy. People like watching this guy. I mean, this, this game just shattered 
blew it out the window, shattered the uh, the record, the previous record for preseason, previous ratings record for a preseason game. So very interesting, very interesting. And you look at Johnny Manziel, you knew he was going to. A lot of people. That's the only reason I went. To, I, I, it was appointment viewing for me as well. So I kind of made it my business to watch it. I made it my business to watch it. So a lot of people tuned in, and a lot of people watched Johnny Manziel. And so that may be also another reason why you start him, just the popularity and the you know what he brings to the team in terms of that standpoint, and you know he brings attention to your team. And who care who was caring about the Cleveland Browns? Not many people, even their fan base. Who was caring about the? No one really cared about the Cleveland Browns. They do now, and that rating on the NFL Network for a preseason game tells you that they do care now. So we'll see. Kevin Durant. <clears throat> Coach K was actually surprised about Kevin Durant. Now, we were on the air last week, and it came down to Kevin Durant decided that he was going to pull out. And, you know, he does have the Under Armour deal on the table, possibility of $300 million endorsement deal with Under Armour. I mean, that's a lot of money. But anyway, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, came out and said he was surprised. He was surprised that uh, Kevin Durant pulled out. And, I, you know, I was a little surprised too. I, I didn't think he was going to pull out. And based off what you were hearing, that a lot of guys were still committed to the situation no matter what happened to Paul Durant. not saying that was the situation here and why he did it. I don't think I, I do think that might be a part of it. I, I don't think that's not a part of it. I think that's probably some part of it. He may not admit to it, but I think it's a part of it. But everybody was surprised. Steph Curry said he was surprised. You know, um, Coach K, obviously, he was surprised. Yeah, and, and Coach K said, quote, it's one of those things. You don't replace Kevin Durant. You look different. And so we have today and Friday to look different before we play a really good team. That's a concern for me because we were pretty far along. We had our best camp ever in Vegas since I've coached Team USA. Those guys were terrific. We had more in game plan wise, but we had more in to play a certain way. And then Kevin deciding not to play is concerning. But hopefully we'll be good enough on Saturday. And then when we use New York and Grand Canada, Grand Canary, excuse me, to get better, get better during pool play. So, Coach K obviously was shocked. Coach K was surprised. And so I look at it, I look at this situation, and obviously, it, it's, see, someone texts me, Marlon Gill, the guy, that, our NBA analyst that we have on, talks college basketball with us as well, St. Peter's College assistant basketball coach. He asked me who was going to replace uh, Kevin Durant. And I said Rudy Gay would be a perfect replacement for Kevin Durant, just looking at and looking around, a guy who can put the ball in the basket. He thought I was crazy. And then, what, a day or two later, guess what? Rudy Gray, Rudy Gay got the call, and Rudy Gay was a member of Team USA. At this point in time, he may get cut, but he is a member at this point in time. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, obviously, Kevin Durant, I don't blame him. I don't blame anybody for playing. And I don't blame anybody for walking away. But I, I look at it, if you're a free agent, you have no business playing. You'd be silly to play. If you <clears throat> are approaching free agency or or, or you are in a situation where you could be, in, you know, possibly renegotiating your contract or anything, you'd be crazy to play, absolutely crazy to play. And you know, a guy like Kevin, like Demarcus Cousins, who went down today, hopefully everything is okay with him. 
But with him, I can understand him playing because he has a secure deal. He's okay. I can understand him playing. But a guy who, you know, doesn't have a secure situation, well, I can understand them not playing. And I'm not sure if I would play if I'm them either. This going around, we've got another few minutes left in the show. Ben Roethlisberger came out, you know, a few weeks ago, Emmanuel Sanders, who played for the Steelers last season, now off to the Denver Broncos. Well, he said and made some comments a few weeks ago that Peyton Manning was a far better leader than Big Ben. And, you know, at the time, you know, we, we looked at the situation and we, we said maybe that it was something that maybe Sanders really shouldn't have said at that point in time, at least not openly. I mean, that's a, a shot at a guy, a guy who's, you know, was a big-time quarterback for you and, and you know, helped you make some plays. But anyway, Roethlisberger was upset about it. He, he didn't like it. He said he was disappointed when he heard that because that's a shot at him. That's a shot at who he is as a quarterback. You know, and he said, quote, I know he told some other guys, you know, I love Ben. I didn't mean it like that. I wish he would have just reached out to me and just said that, and I would have been fine with it. Whether he meant it or not, it hurt in the sense that I tried so hard to keep him here last year and was always supporting him. When he was down in practice, I always talked to him up. And if that's truly the case, if, if, if Ben Roethlisberger, you know, really looked out for Emmanuel Sanders and really was good to Emmanuel Sanders, then Emmanuel Sanders probably should not have said that publicly. That was something he should have said privately. Because the thing about it is, now you put it out there, and it looks, good, looks bad on Ben. It looks bad on him. And he's a guy at some point would like to get himself a new deal. I'm not saying this is going to affect his contract, but, you know, it, it looks bad on him. It looks bad on him. It's putting him out there and, and, and saying that he's not a leader and saying that he's not, you know, the, 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 a big-time leader for his team and that Peyton Manning is a better leader than him. And that's a knock on him, no matter how you slice it. No matter how you slice it, it's a knock. Because Ben has had success in this league. Ben has won two Super Bowls. Ben has been a big-time quarterback in this league, probably a Hall of Famer. And for you to knock him that way publicly, it's a knock on him. And so I can understand him being disappointed. I can understand him being upset about it. I really can. I really can. Especially if you're a guy that really had a look, especially if you're Ben and you looked out for Emmanuel Sanders. And also, Emmanuel Sanders didn't reach out to him to explain his comments. So, I mean, I think Ben deserved that. He's owed that. You know, if you're going to publicly say that, then guess what? You should publicly, not publicly, or private, you should privately come to him and say, you know what, this is why I said what I said. And let me clarify the comments and my comments. This is why I said what I said to you, man. This is why... I felt the way I felt. And so he should have did that. You know, instead of going publicly with those things, he should have took him aside, took him aside gave him a phone call, and it's easy to contact people. With, with all the technology that we have out here, Skype, text messaging, it's easy to get a hold of somebody if you want to get a hold of somebody. So it's really, and people say I'm busy, I'm busy doing this, busy doing that. No. You're not too busy to reach out. You're not too busy for that. You're not busy, too busy for a 10, 20-minute, half-hour conversation. I think people probably spend 10, 20, half-hour hours at a time on Facebook and Twitter. So you, you, gotta have, you have time to sit down and talk to somebody. You have time to reach out to somebody. You, you have time. You have a lot of time. And so, you know, 
I agree with Ben. I can understand Ben's level of disappointment with that because I think I would have a level of disappointment disappointment because you didn't reach out to me and explain to me why you said the things that you said. Also, at the same time, at the same time, I was the guy who looked out for you. I quote unquote held you down, and you didn't look out for me. So you know I can understand where Ben Roethlisberger is coming from with his level of disappointment. I, I mean I respect it, and I think it's understandable to have a level of disappointment based off that, and and just based off you looking out for the guy. Baseball has a new commissioner. Rob Manfred will be the new commissioner of baseball. A unanimous. Vote. He is the new commissioner. He will be the 10th commissioner of Major League Baseball. Bud Selig is stepping down, stepping away. He's going away. And Manfred will be the new commissioner for Major League Baseball. At some point there was reported that he was about to vote short, but now he's unanimous. He will be the new commissioner of baseball. And baseball has some issues, and one of those issues is demographics. They have to find a way to figure out to get that younger generation because this is a generation that loves basketball, loves football, and because of the action that's involved in basketball and football. Baseball, you know, most people don't watch a complete baseball game. They don't. It, it, most people don't do it. So, you know, they have an issue that they have to figure out. And demographics, you know, they got to figure out the demographics and get a, a, a younger group of fans watching his sport. I want to thank Tyler Lepley for stopping by. Make sure you hit him up on Twitter, at Ty Lepley, and support all the great things going on with Tyler Lepley. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at GoForGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Also, hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash GoForGant. If you missed the interview with Tyler Lepley, that will be up on YouTube. Also, it will be here at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great week. See you later. Take care. Bye.